Welcome to the Practice Brave Podcast. I am the host, Brianna Battles, founder of Pregnancy and Postpartum Athleticism and CEO of Everyday Battles. I'm a career strength and conditioning coach, entrepreneur, mom of two wild little boys, and a lifelong athlete. I believe that athleticism does not end when motherhood begins, and this podcast is dedicated to coaching you by providing meaningful conversations, insights, and interview topics related to fitness, mindset, parenting, and of course, all the nuances of pregnancy and postpartum. From expert interviews to engaging conversations and reflections, this podcast is your trustworthy, relatable resource for learning how to practice brave through every season in your life. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Practice Brave podcast. I have to be honest with you, I'm going to do a walk and talk podcast episode because the topic of of having chance, my youngest son is about to turn six. It's kind of an emotional topic for me and it's better that I walk and talk it out instead of stare at a computer Um, because yeah, there's just a lot of layers to talking about his, the decision to have another baby Um, his birth experience, and just what a whirlwind it's been being a boy mom and having my, like, I I don't know, I think with Chance, there was such an evolution of me as a mom, as a human, and a lot of my belief systems associated with motherhood or how I was as a mom or who I was as a mom or what the experience could be like. So in a lot of ways, it was a second chance at, I guess, just rediscovering the possibilities. So let's rewind a few years. Um, I had a pretty traumatic birth with Cade, my first son, who just turned 10. And it was, I went in with a mindset of wanting to have a natural childbirth and that I was healthy and fit. Therefore, my body would know what to do. I had trained for birth and just like kind of dogmatic thinking, to be honest, around birth and the motherhood experience. And as many first time moms soon realize, you can have a plan and you can have a preference. And that's just not always how (laughs) things go. I had a emergency cesarean after over 30 hours of labor. Um, and it was just all really traumatic, just really traumatic. The cord was around his neck. We were both crashing. And I just so desperately, after 30 hours of natural labor, really just wanted him out. But I could not dilate past seven. And the contractions were just getting really bad. So that's just a preview on Cade's birth. And then everything with that experience was really traumatic after, too. The recovery, the Uh, like breastfeeding, um, postpartum depression, anxiety that I just refused to believe I had because I was exempt from that in my mind. I thought I was fine. I thought it was just hard. I thought I was just tired. I thought I just wanted more support. All of those things were true, but it just felt like everything was a freaking struggle. Everything was a struggle. I went back to work too early. I had a really demanding job. Um, I was working in collegiate athletics at that time. And I felt a lot of pressure to get back into that realm. I, it was self-inflicted. It was administrative, administrative inflicted. And it just felt like I never could figure out how to be a mom 
I had no idea who I was anymore. I was confused about my body. My mental health was shit. Um, everything was really hard. I tried to use exercise as a way to um, cope and find myself or have some kind of identity. And I just took that to an extreme too. I was not eating enough. I was so desperate to get my body back and not quote to look like I had a baby. That became a goal I was like hyper-focused on instead of just like owning and accepting the season I was in and seeing it for what it actually was, which is a significant transformation of every fiber of your being. Mm -hmm. But I didn't have the maturity at that point in time to see it for what it was. And it's not that I wasn't old enough. I certainly was. I just, again, I had these belief systems associated with what birth and motherhood would look like for me. And I just got rocked from day one. The moment I went into labor with Kate, I feel like everything just got rocked. So it was a really hard experience. And Kate is a exceptionally spirited, um, like he was a colicky baby and just everything was really challenging. And as a toddler, that kid has so, had so much freaking energy. He still does. And it all makes a lot more sense now when I see his spirit and how he is. Um, but God, I just felt like I was hardly surviving because he was a lot. <laughs> and I know moms of very spirited children can understand that sentiment. It's, it's, they are, these kids are blessings. They will change the freaking world, but it is so hard to acclimate to taking care of a human that just requires and has so much energy. Um, and again, at 10 now, it all freaking makes sense. Oh my God, does it make so much sense who he is and how he is just truly wired. But that left me feeling like I did not know if I could go through that again. Um, between how my brain felt for a long time, probably at least a year and a half um, before I was able to work my way out of the fog, out of the darkness and get some perspective, leaving a job, starting to coach on my own. Like there was a lot of like significant environmental and life changes that had to be made in order for me to make any kind of progress. Um, I see a diastasis. I had a really significant diastasis after Kate, but back then no one knew what that was. No one could tell me anything. Um, I was just considered a hernia. Um, in hindsight, I know that that was very short-sighted. And so it's like I had had a hernia surgery around a year postpartum after having Cade. But really, the diastasis should have been the thing that was being addressed. That was the problematic thing, not necessarily the hernia. But again, I didn't know better. And I was going off of the medical advice given to me at the time. So you can see how maybe this planted a seed about where my life and career trajectory would take me. But we're not really talking about that today. What we're talking about is feeling like you just like have hit a wall, have been hit by a truck, whatever expression you want to use where motherhood just kicks your ass into significant change and you're left feeling like, what the hell just happened? And I suck at this. And this is so hard. Why is it so hard for me? Why does every single aspect of this have to be challenging? And again, it just felt like there was, there was nothing came easy. Nothing came natural for me. And I was also so focused on just trying to feel like myself again, that I couldn't have the perspective of being more adaptable or less rigid because I just was desperate to make something work. But that's, again, 
that's not how mom life and our evolution works. But it takes a lot to realize that, especially for us stubborn athlete brain. If you put in the work, you're going to get the result type of mindset people. Um, so it took a long time, a really long time to get my feet on the ground and to make peace with this life transition during this time period where I started coaching more, I started this business, I started putting out online programs. I had learned so much about the female body through pregnancy and postpartum. I was able to have the perspective of the psychology of what happens to us, the identity shifts, all of these things, right? Because on the other side of that trauma and struggle was a shit ton of perspective. And with that perspective was able to share and connect with so many of you. It's all very positive. And as the years went on, it's like I was gaining more confidence. I had a lot more perspective, but I was still really afraid of going through that again because I knew like, oh my God, what is like being pregnant going to do to my body image again? What is it going to actually physiologically do to my body, my diastasis again? Like I'd worked so hard to rehab it and get stronger. Um, I'd had that surgery, prepare hernia. And I was just so afraid of my, of like the changes to my body. I was afraid of like the repeated mental struggles. I was afraid of um, the delivery of actually having another baby. I was afraid of all of it. It all scared me. I was afraid of adding another human to our dynamic when I felt like I could hardly handle Cade and his energy and his spirit because everything was so demanding. You know, I had this business I really loved. My husband as first responder. So it's like that schedule was really brutal when I had a, when you have like a little baby, cause there's nights I was just alone. And it was, there was just a lot of struggle throughout all different seasons. Um, and it was overwhelming to think about like, well, how could I add another freaking human to this? Knowing how hard it is. I'm going into this, knowing how hard it is, knowing, um, actually knowing what to expect. And if I'm freaking out all of you first-time moms, I am sorry. I have to be honest. This is my experience, but I hope you keep listening to this episode because there is perspective here. <laughs> there, there is um, a flip side to this conversation. So the whole thing was just really overwhelming to even think about. And that is why there is a four-year age gap between my boys because I was not ready physically, mentally, emotionally, anything to even consider having a baby until after Kate had turned three. That's when I was like, you know what? Like, I think maybe like, I think we should at least try. Cause I knew in my heart, I really wanted another baby, but I was just so freaking afraid. And I was reading a book and the sentiment, it wasn't the exact words, but it was like how I interpreted the sentiment was you don't just become brave to do the thing that you want to do. Like you practice it, like you practice little steps, little tiny brave decisions along the way and eventually become brave. You get the result of being brave. You get that reward, that delayed gratification. So that is where I first kind of created the mantra to myself of practice brave. Clearly it has become a significant sentiment in this business and even our, our family household, like it is, um, we have that in a painting on our wall because it's, it is a sentiment that speaks very true. I think in a lot of ways and how we choose to show up. So that was 
Cade was about three years old. And that was when I finally felt like I was ready. Um, and fortunately for us, we did not struggle trying to conceive, but there was just so much fear and anxiety attached to it. Um, I really just had to lean into everything I had discovered as a coach, knowing like, look, I can't control everything, but here's what I can control. I can control how I exercise. I can control my mindset in relationship to seeing my body change. I am a better equipped now. I have more tools. I have more perspective. I actually know what to expect. And so Enneagram 8 me is like, okay, what is the shit that I can control? How can I have a different approach to then have slight, like to have the results that I actually want? Before I thought, well, if I just work hard and I keep training and I eat this way or do whatever, then like that's going to give me my best chance at having uh, the delivery or the motherhood experience I wanted. Well, second time around, all those dogmatic belief systems went out the door and was like, all right, I mostly just need to check my ego, check my ego in every single way, check my ego as my body changes, check my ego and my training, check my ego in being like neurotic about what I consume food wise or not, check my ego about who or what I was following and consuming on social media. I did not share or look at my weight. I did not look at, um, like when I would post pictures or like belly updates, I wouldn't say how far along I was. I wasn't like, oh, I'm 28 weeks or whatever, because I did not want my body to be compared to somebody else who was 28 weeks pregnant. Cause like that was a mind fuck for me. I hated that. Whether it's like, you're so small, you're so big, whatever. And like, I, tend to just have giant humans. I'm five, two, three ish, probably five, two. Um, and I grow 10 pound babies. It's so rude, but that's just my body. And I hate it. I was so annoyed. Like when people would make comments on how big I was and I just, I tried to avoid that. Right. I tried to be on, um, not give people any ammunition as far as like commenting on my body, because I was just really sensitive to it. Um, even with the perspective I had, even knowing no one like means anything harmful, it was just my own shit. So again, control what I can. What's the information I'm putting out there? What's the information I'm consuming? I'm not weighing myself. If I would go to the doctor, I would ask them to not read my weight out loud. I would like turn away from the scale. So I wasn't looking at that. I wasn't focused on it. I was just trying to eat and move my body in a way that I knew was going to keep me healthy, keep my baby healthy, and um, and also like not be neurotic about my food or my training um, and my body changing. Because it's like again, control what you can, and you have to kind of adapt to the rest. I was really focusing on the adapting piece because it gave the whole experience just so much more grace, so much more grace. Saying like, God, you know, like you, we can all do everything right. We can put out our best efforts. And like, there's still just so much about motherhood, pregnancy, birth, everything that is just like, it's just a, an X factor. You don't totally know. We're not completely in control of this process. So why do we make ourselves crazy? Like holding such a tight grip to certain expectations. We you let go and practice letting go of aspects of it and find this I mean, my therapist likes to call it like radical acceptance. I call it fucked up acceptance. Um, that just works for me like across like many categories in my life. <laughs> it's just 
finding like the fucked up acceptance in the things that you may not like, but are necessary for you to like navigate whatever it is that you're navigating. Um, so for me, that was really powerful. That was a really powerful practice in not just practicing what I preach as a coach and with what my business is about, but also in my growth and maturity as a woman and as a mom and who I wanted to be and how I wanted to show up because I knew I didn't want to feel like that again. So something in me had to give, had to change. Um, and that had a lot to do with my relationship with my body, my relationship with my training, my relationship with food and my relationship with like rigid expectations about my lifestyle and how I wanted to live and what I thought was going to be best or right or normal or not or whatever. Um, I just really had to give myself a ton of grace through that pregnancy process. Okay. So like, that's the nice fluffy part. Let's talk about the taking control part, because that is the thing that I'm actually, I'm very good at that. Um, (laughs) So I, for me, I knew at first I kind of contemplated whether I wanted to have a VBAC or a cesarean, um, a repeat cesarean. And I mean, right after having Cade in those early, probably that first year postpartum, I was like, oh, I'll definitely have a VBAC. I wanted to like reclaim that experience or whatever, however you want to put it. Like there was a part of me that was like bitter that I, that shit didn't go my way. And I wanted to like take it back and reclaim. And that's how I felt as time went on. And to be honest, the more I learned about the female body through pregnancy, postpartum, and how it relates to long-term athletic performance, pelvic health, and just like our overall core and pelvic floor physiology, the more perspective I gained, right? Just like general knowledge. I talked to more people. I learned from other practitioners. I'm like networked with OBGYNs and doulas and um, practitioners, different PTs. Like there's, there was so much knowledge that I acquired during, before getting pregnant that um, over the course of like three-ish years, where I just felt like I was getting to a place where I had changed opinions and changed perspective on what constituted a, what best or right meant for me. And I realized that it wasn't so much about how my child would be birthed. It was about how I felt in that moment because when I had Kate, I felt scared. I felt angry. I felt confused and I felt sad. Like I felt so sad and I never wanted to feel like that again. So then it took what I could control, which was, all right, I can't control everything, but here's what I maybe can't control. I can control the circumstances maybe that lead to a better birth experience. Because again, it wasn't so much of the environment like, um, or like birth method, like how he came out. It's not like I was like, he must come out of my vagina. Like, no. And the more work I did around that, it was, it wasn't about the birth method, right? How he was delivered, what intervention or not. It was just how I actually felt about the birth and the environment And that moment, like that special moment where you become a freaking mom, like you meet this baby, you meet this miracle, you want to feel good. Like you want to feel like you, this is supposed to be one of the best moments of your life. And for 
Kate's birth, it felt like one of the most traumatizing moments of my life. And I knew I didn't want to feel that again. And this is like why I have to walk and talk because that shit makes me want to cry. Even still, freaking decade, decade later, whew, it makes me want to cry because I hate that that was my entrance to motherhood. So when talking about having chance, that was something I was so like, so desperate to have. I really wanted to have a better entrance into becoming a mom again, a second chance at becoming a mom because that was the part I wanted to reclaim. It wasn't the birth method. It was the process of the environment. It was how I felt in such a precious moment. So for me, I knew that having a repeat gentle cesarean was the best option for me mentally and physically. I knew that the environment I could control when I was having him, I could control. So then we're taking away like the stress of the emergent, um, emergency situation, right? And I knew that I had could have good conversations with my doctors. We actually, I'm like getting ahead of myself here, but I knew that I wanted to have as close to like a quote, natural childbirth as possible, but in an OR setting. And I talked to my doctor about it, Dr. Lena Nathan, who is one of my favorite humans. She became a great colleague and friend of mine through this process. And I, she, I shared all about my birth with her and she was like there. And I brought in evidence because at that point in time, there was no, um, the hospital where I was living in California did not have a, um, policy for an elective or for a repeat, sorry, God, my brain. Okay. The hospital in California did not have a gentle cesarean policy in place. It had not been performed at that point in time. So this was 2017. So they had not done to that, but I had brought in like a nerd, so much evidence about like why this is a really great way to deliver a baby. Um, there's not a whole lot needed on behalf of the hospital. And I presented it to Dr. Nathan. I was like, can you, can we do something about this? Like, can we make this hospital policy? This is the kind of birth I really desire. I want to have a repeat C-section, but I want it to be and feel much different than my last one did. And those of you who don't know, and I wish I had this link pulled up so I could give a more accurate description, but a gentle cesarean is having like a clear drape so you can see the baby pulled out. You get direct skin to skin contact immediately after cord still attached. Um, granted, if mom and baby are are healthy, where they can check on the baby while you're doing skin to skin, you can nurse right away, things like that. Like that just kind of simulate what would happen if he had come out of my vagina, right? Uh, where my husband could cut the cord right there. Uh, just creating a lot more of a nurturing environment versus an emergent environment. So that was something, I'm probably forgetting something, but that was what I had wanted. That's what I brought to Dr. Nathan. And she was like, God, there's no reason why this shouldn't be like accessible. Let's talk to the head of like labor and delivery. So then she put me in contact with the head of labor and delivery at our hospital. And like, I went in there, I'll never forget this. I went into... I revisited the hospital and I was alone. I had an appointment to meet with the head of labor and delivery. And I was like walking to find where I was supposed to go. And I started walking these halls and I was like, oh shit. And like, it was 
the same halls I had walked, like when I was in labor with Kay trying to get him out. And like, I had a moment, like, right. I just started crying. Like in the halls, I just like freaking started crying. I was like, Oh my God, get it together. You're supposed to act professional right now. Like present some of this research to the head of labor and delivery and get them on your team. And here you are being like a hot ass mess. And again, like, I'm not even really a crier, but it's just so freaking overwhelming. So I was able to meet Alma and she was wonderful. She was like, I want you to tell me all about your birth experience. And I was like, oh God. So then I got like emotional again, telling her about it. And she looked at me in the eyes and was like, I want to make sure that you never have to experience anything like that again. And I will do every single thing in my power to make sure that doesn't happen again. And because there were so many layers to it, right. With the first time around, it's like how I felt, how I was talked to. It's how like, I just was away from Cade for so long after. And I hated all of that. It wasn't just the cesarean part. It was just, it was like the, the having to beg to get to see my baby. It was, it was all of that. And she just assured me, she was like, I'll do everything in my power to make sure that like, that's not your experience this time. And to be validated and um, feeling like really seen and understood, like, God, that is so, that is it. That is it. That is exactly what moms need. Whether it's a first time mom or you're on your eighth baby, like you need to be seen, heard and validated. And she just, she did that for me. And she also was like, there's no reason why we shouldn't be able to do this. Like, I'm going to order a clear drape. We're going to, we're going to have this stuff accessible. I'm going to make sure like the NICU is there. We can have all the right people, every single person on the same team for when you have your scheduled delivery. And that just like felt so assuring. It made me feel like, yes, I am making the right choice um, to have a, a repeat cesarean, but under different circumstances in a more nurturing environment. And to know that everyone was on the same team. And that's why like Dr. Nathan is just somebody that I will forever have so much gratitude for because she just really like, she made that shit happen. She like, she sent me a message and was like, Hey, like I, we have everyone, like this was, you know, the few days before his scheduled, um, uh, scheduled due date. She's like, we have everyone on the same page, like the anesthesiologist, like myself, the other third, like other, um, OBGYN who'd be performing the surgery. Like, we have everyone. And she knew that I like, I love to play by play. Yeah, she knew what I wanted. And it was just a really positive environment. So on the day that I had a chance, which is August 5th, I got there early in the morning and she came in and talked to me. She was really assuring, really validating. She connected me with one of the nurses that would be with me. And that nurse, Peggy, another person I will never forget, um, was just so comforting. She's like, I think she has nine kids or something wild like that. And was just so kind and supportive. And she just held me um, when I was getting the epidural to like numb myself. She just like held me and I was crying because the anxiety, I just was like, even though I knew this was right and I felt really loved and really supported, I just couldn't help it. Like it was just such an overwhelming, um, it was just overwhelming. So she held me, like I literally had my head like in her chest as they were putting the needle in my spine. And I'm just like crying, like I'm a grown ass woman, but I was crying like a baby as she held me. And she was telling me I was doing such a good job and that she, I was going to get to meet my little boy soon. And then she looked at me and she's like, there's no little boy. Like we got a big baby in there. Um, and then when we went into the OR, 
they asked me like what music I wanted to play and just again gave me this whole play-by-play of exactly what was happening and some people don't want to know when they're being cut it open into or what layer they're doing but like I do I love that shit so I was like yeah please tell me everything and then she told me like we were about when we were about to meet chance like I'm about to pull him out like are you ready to meet your baby I was like yes like holy shit it felt like an out-of-body experience but I was so grateful to be like so conscious and healthy feeling like I didn't feel like anything was wrong or anything was like really happening that it was just I don't know it just it, I, it was just so nice to be so present and so like emotionally stable I guess um nervous but also excited um and then she was able to drop the drape even though it was clear she still dropped it for me to be able to see him get pulled out and brought up to my chest right away and it was great because course Jared my husband was in there my mom was in there too um so I just felt like so supported and I got to hold him for a long time I got to breastfeed him um and it just felt like a really healing experience and really just validated what I had wanted so much which was not about how he came out but it was how he got here and how I felt and those precious moments that you don't get back like you just don't get them back Um, and I, it was incredible to feel like aspects of my healing had come full circle, like at a very personal level, but also my perspective of like, okay, it's already different, right? Like, cause I was so afraid that like everything was just going to be exactly the same as it was with Cade, but this was like a precedent of, and it's already different. And he came out, I was like, oh my God, he even looks like so different. Like he's just a lot lighter and blonder than than Cade was. So it's like everything off the bat was already showing me that this is different. This is not the birth experience you had before. This is not the same baby you had before. This is not the same experience as you had before. It's going to be different and different is a good thing. Um, And that just, again, started adding to my, (laughs) my own evidence of like, not history doesn't necessarily have to repeat itself here. Like there is change there is evolution. There is a totally different human here that you're going to get to learn how to love. And he's come into the world differently and under different circumstances. And you are a different person. Like I am a different person than I was when I had Cade. Therefore, this whole experience will be different because we are no longer the same people as we once were. Um, And I think that was a perspective that I refused to understand or didn't realize I could understand or embrace until I was on the other side, right? Until I had a chance and I was like, yeah, like I am not the same mom as I was that first time. Like I know so much more now. I am so much more supportive. I have so much more perspective. I am different. And because I am different, this is going to be different. So I already went into it with confidence versus like when I had Cade, I felt like freaking defeated. Like I felt so defeated. I felt so traumatized and I felt like you are not ready and everything you thought you were freaking wrong. So get ready to prepare for like an uphill, um, uphill battle of trying to like learn. And the second time around, it's like, yeah, there was like shit to learn. There was different things, but it was different because I had that perspective and I had the patience of knowing that like, well, if nursing is hard, I know what to do. And I'm not going to be so rigid about, um, like if my baby needs formula, like freaking A, I'm just going to give him formula. I'm not going to make myself neurotic ever again because I was hellbent on 
exclusively breastfeeding Cade to the point where like in hindsight, I do not think that I exclusively breastfed him, but I do not think that he was getting like adequate, um, uh, adequate breast milk from me. Cause he was just so, I don't think I was producing enough for him, but I was too committed to my own, um, to my own struggle and my own belief systems that I like refused to give him formula or do anything differently, even though it probably would have made both of us a lot happier. Um, so second him around, and this is like, take my, my experience, my opinions for what it's worth. You do you. Okay. Um, the second time around, I was like, no, like whatever is going to keep chance and I healthiest mentally and physically, like that's what I'm okay with. Like I, I am no longer dogmatic about formula. If he needs it. Great. If he doesn't great, I'm just going to keep trying to breastfeed him and we will adapt as needed. Um, and just giving myself that permission was enough to feel a lot more empowered about the situation where I was like, okay, like there's not as much self-inflicted pressure to make it work. Right. Um, cause I knew I didn't want to feel like that, like breast, the struggles with breastfeeding and oh my God, the latching and all of that drama that I experienced with Kate, I just was like, that is what really fueled my postpartum depression anxiety because it was just so freaking hard. And it sucks having a baby scream at your titties nonstop. Like I freaking hated that. And it made me feel like really resentful too um, in those early months as a first time mom. So again, I knew I did not want to feel like that ever again. So I gave myself that permission of like, hey, if he needs formula, he needs formula. And um, because he was such a big baby, his weight dropped a lot. And he did have like a tiny bit of formula to help um, initially, but then he was fine. We were able to establish breastfeeding. That went really well. Um, and again, just so much better than prior. He had a lip and tongue tie revision that made a world of difference, but I like knew these things the second time around. And I had that perspective. I had that support and I was felt like I was able to make like really informed choices instead of like trying to play catch up and like learn as you go. I just had a lot better of like a support system and perspective in place. Um, I also knew that like with his sleeping, like Jared took a little bit more time off of work and he was able to help with some of the night feeds. Um, so I would like exclusively breastfeed chance during the day. And then he'd get like a couple ounces at night if he'd wake up and chance was like, such a different temperament of a child. It's wild. Like I kept thinking something was wrong because he would actually sleep. He would sleep pretty well at night. He would take naps during the day. And I was like, Oh my God, something has to be wrong. Cause it was just so different than how Cade was like Cade could have no chill. There was no naps. It was constant, like bouncing and wearing him and trying to like move in order to get him to sleep at all. Oh my God. It was like torture. And Chance would just like be hanging out. He'd just fall asleep. And that's why we started calling him Chance the Napper when he was a baby, because he'd just like hang out. So chill, way different temperament. And again, that added to my own evidence of like, hey, maybe like it's not going to be exactly the same as it was. And it wasn't. It wasn't at all. A totally different spirit, totally different baby, because I was a totally different mom. And um, you know, over time, it just got a lot easier to manage because again, he had a different spirit. They were four years apart. Cade was in preschool a couple days a week. So then I had chance that I could really just feel like I could bond with him without it being like the chaos of a little tornado toddler constantly. Um, so that dynamic worked really, really well. 
for our family and gave me an opportunity to like really focus on healing, protecting my mental health and giving myself a lot of patience with my body because that, you know, big ass baby is 10 pounds. So my diastasis was pretty large after having him. Um, and I knew that like, I knew it was going to be a long road to getting stronger and really rehabbing it to the best of my ability. Um, and I felt like I had a really practical perspective on that instead of like a self-deprecating perspective. And that's what I see a lot of people experience when they have any kind of like core and pelvic health symptoms. It's just this frustration and um, shame and like trying to um, do all of the things. But for so many of us, time is the biggest asset to rehab and healing and taking care of ourselves holistically, sleep, nutrition, movement, and not stressing our body when it's already so freaking stressed out. So like less is more truly. Um, and I knew that the second time and having that um, less self-inflicted pressure was a game changer for my body. And I remember getting to four months postpartum my body was still pretty squishy, um, of course, but I just remember thinking like, you know what, like, this is fine. Like I, of course would like to look leaner and be stronger and all of that, but like, I'm also kind of just okay. Like I am okay that I look like this. And it was the first time that I found like actual acceptance, not just like the fucked up acceptance, but like actual acceptance around what I looked like. I wasn't weighing myself. I wasn't being neurotic about my food. I wasn't trying to like push training really hard. It was just small doses here and there over time. I knew I had done a lot of like habit-based coaching and coaching philosophy. So I just knew that it's like the sum of our habits over time that like really moves the dial forward versus trying to rush things or be stressed out. Like I knew where that led me prior. I wasn't willing to do that again because I wanted to actually enjoy having a baby. I never enjoyed having a baby with Cade. And I hate that. I still regret that. I hate that. I was so hyper-focused on my body, on my work, on just trying to survive him that I didn't learn how to enjoy him until much later. And I, I hated that. Um, and so I didn't want to have that experience with chance. So I really just gave myself a lot of time and a lot of patience and just reshifted priorities in my brain um, about how I wanted to show up like my relationship with my body and knowing that I had a lot of time to make progress and that there was no need to rush it because the habits would take care of themselves. They just would, but the pushing it, it is a form of self was a form of self-sabotage for me. If I would have started like trying to really restrict calories, if I would have been pushing exercise or I just got to like run faster, harder, longer, or lift heavier or do this or do that. Like all of that would have been really self-sabotaging for what I actually wanted, which was on with my baby, enjoy my baby, let my body heal and get my feet underneath me. Like just really acclimate to having these two little boys. And that's how I spent like that first year of motherhood. Um, and it was really positive. I felt really supported in the online community um, for some context. I created the entire first version of my coaching certification, pregnancy and postpartum athleticism when I was pregnant with Cade or sorry, when I was pregnant with chance. So that was like my timeline. I was like, I got to launch this thing before I have this baby. And I knew that it also acted as like a good form of like 
truly putting my shit out there and saying, this is what I believe. This is what I think. And now like my pregnancy and this postpartum recovery that I need to hold myself to this. I have to actually walk the talk and back it up because it's one thing to have opinions and it's a whole other thing to like show up and um, live those out and like back your shit up. And we don't see that a lot in our industry. Um, and I knew I really wanted to do that. And that was important to me. So I used that first year postpartum to really walk my talk and even like reevaluate, like, do I believe this? Is that working? Yeah. Yes. No. Make, you know, and like just gaining some more context by actually being in the trenches again and living it. Like I have coach brain, but I also have like the perspective of being a mom in that season again, with just a totally different approach to my, my training and what I wanted to do, how I wanted to do it. And it just really affirmed everything I had been saying because I wanted to hold myself to it. Um, and that made a really, really big difference too, as far as how I wanted to show up and make progress. Um, I don't know. And just like, it was important to go so far beyond the physical before with Kate, I thought I needed to like, look like a coach and not look like I had a baby. But the second time I knew that it was more about like, I needed to act like a coach. I needed to act like I knew that I act like I had the perspective because I did. I had the knowledge about what my body needed to rehab. I had the knowledge about what my mental health needed to be. I, to be happy and to embrace this evolving identity and learn how to be a mom and acclimate to having to and and not rush that process out of desperation, but appreciate that process because I have perspective now. Um, so that was really another helpful avenue of uh, of self accountability was like walking my talk and owning it, and really showing up and practicing brave, being willing to like have skin in the game and and mess up, but also um, share share that along the way. And it's continued to serve, right? As years have gone on my personal life as an athlete and as an athlete mom, um, it just keeps serving that perspective. It's not lost on me. And that's what helps so many of us go on and be really good coaches because we have this perspective. We have this comparisons of like how we were prior, how we are now, how we were in the middle of all of this and in our learning and our navigation. Um, and it really adds to the value that we can provide as coaches. Um, so that was, that was the whole, like really emotional and, um, I guess process oriented part of this podcast, talking about chance, my decision to have him, what that pregnancy was like and the delivery and postpartum period to talk about life with the two little boys. It is wild. It is absolutely chaos. People ask me what it's like all the time. And it is, it's just in our household anyway, it is like, they're just aggressive. They're loud, but they're fiercely loving. Like they're so protective of each other, of us. Like it is just ingrained in them to love hard and to fight hard and to protect each other. Um, and they play really well. I had so many assholes who told me that four years apart was just too much. And that's just too big of a gap. And you got to have babies close together. And they just planted all these ideas that like my kids would grow up and not have a good relationship because of their age gap. And I'm telling you, I freaking love the four-year age gap. I keep waiting for people or for like, I don't know, for, for it to suck or something, but like, it just hasn't yet. Like it hasn't. I'm, we're in this, I guess, six years now. 
And it's been really, really good. They do play together a lot. Um, and they have a lot of fun together. They're very different, but they do have a lot of similarity. Like Kate, again, she's that full send spirit, but Chance is like really funny. And he also has a lot of energy. He's chill sometimes, but man, can he turn it up? He can hold his own. When you have a brother like Kate, you got to be real durable. And one of my favorite stories about Kate and Chance was I brought Chance home from the hospital. Um, we had always told Kate, like, you're going to have a buddy to play with. Like, he's going to be so excited to play with you. And Cade, so had just turned four. Um, he was like, okay, Chance. Like, and Chance is like in his little like baby rocker thing. Um, and he's like, okay, Chance, catch. And he throws a football and just hits him, hits Chance right in the face because he's, you know, three days old. And I'm like, okay, so like that is something that's going to have to wait a few more years or whatever before he's able to play catch with you. But like, that was really cute. But, you know, Chance, again, just a durable little spirit. And uh, he has a brother who has taught him how to play and how to play hard from a very early age. And it's just been so awesome to see them grow up together um, and see them nurture each other. Chance is such an empathetic spirit. Like he just knows, like he instinctively knows when somebody just needs comfort and love. He's so confident. He is so loyal. He's just very loving and he's just funny. Everything he does is funny and he brings so much joy and so much entertainment to all of us. Um, and I, sometimes I just look at him like, God, I can't believe like you were ever a, a, like a second thought, you know, like I, I am so grateful that we chose him. I'm so grateful that he's here. I'm so grateful that, you know, that there was, he, it was overcoming a lot of fear and a lot of anxiety he is a result of practicing brave. And so he is one of the biggest chances I ever took on trusting myself to have a different experience, controlling what I could and being able to adapt and know that a different experience was possible. And he shows it to me every day. I love seeing him grow up, seeing his funny spirit, seeing how hard he loves, seeing the good he brings, um, he just has no fear. He just assumes everyone wants to be his friend. He's just so pure. And I love that he brings that kind of balance to our household because we are all, we are all intense. We are all wired high, fast, <laughs> like everything. Um, but it's been fun to see him come into his own and just put his own loving, cute, funny spin on everything. He just brings so much light to our home and to our family dynamic, to his brother. Um, and he's just finding his own world too. You know, it's been really fun the last year or so watching him play his own sports because he was the baby on the sidelines from the beginning. Like when I had him, we were a few weeks later at Cade's soccer game. We were watching, he was on the side of the mats watching Cade Jiu-Jitsu. Um, he's always been like a tag along baby. And now it's been really fun to see him become um, his own little athlete and have his own ways to express uh, himself in his physicality. So he's been, he does jujitsu. He's been doing that for a little over a year now. He started when we moved to Idaho. Um, so maybe around like four and a half. 
And he does baseball, which he loves. And he's a little lefty, which, oh my God, I freaking love that he's a lefty. It makes me like coach mom brain so freaking happy that he's a lefty. Um, but it's so fun to watch him play baseball. Funny to watch him play soccer because he just runs like a little linebacker. Um, and again, he just finds so much joy in everything, everything. He's just so pure. And for a household full of intense humans, he just lightens the mood, makes us all laugh and um, still can like fall asleep in any condition, in any environment. When he wants to go to bed, he's like, I'm just going to fall asleep on this concrete right here. And he can, it's so funny. So Chance the Napper has stuck around and um, again, he just, he makes us laugh and he is so loved by all of his teachers by all of his friends he like doesn't get in trouble which is funny because from the moment Cade started preschool like he's the kid who I've had like phone calls home about like Cade did this today Cade's attitude this or that like because you know he's just he's just that spirited little boy I'm always having to have some conversations with and then I you know get chance from preschool or school and they're like ah he's just such a delight we have so much fun and I just have to laugh because you know, it just shows you like our kids are just who they are through and through. Um, and you just got to love them and support them for who they are and how they show up in the world. And it's been so fun seeing what he brings. And um, he's just such an enjoyable little human. And I, again, am so grateful that we did take the chance of having him, even though it all felt so unpredictable, so unpredictable so overwhelming. Um, I've learned a lot. I've changed a lot. And I'm so grateful that, you know, like that I'm also raising adaptable babies. Cause if everything would have gone my way, like, I feel like my motherhood experiences both times have just taught me and affirmed that like the way to navigate life is not with rigidity. And again, I say this as like a control Enneagram 8E person, right? Like I I would love if we could just control everything. That's not how that works. Um, you have to learn to be adaptable. And I think motherhood is one of the first times for a lot of people that you have to learn how to surrender and love and accept your circumstances and the human that you are raising. Because we can we can try to instill so much good so much of what we prefer or want or whatever, but you also have to adapt to the human that you're raising and love them for it. Meet them where they are, right? And that's why so, there's so many parallels between coaching and motherhood. You know, you, you work with the human that you have. You love the human that you have. You adapt to the human that you have. I remember when I was pregnant with Kate, I kept thinking, well, he'll adapt to my life. <laughs> and I think that was probably where I first went wrong was thinking like, oh yeah, he'll just adapt to my life. But no, girl, like you have to adapt to the baby that you were given um, and learn to appreciate that because it's such an opportunity to get better. I mean, there's such a huge growth, um, like a growth mindset that accompanies motherhood. And we have to really embrace that if we want to actually be happy. And I feel really proud of how, you know, I just, oh my God, like, trust me, I get so many things wrong. It's not even funny. It's um, like, I, I don't know. For me, we live in a house where there's just there's just constant like yelling and no one listens and it's just chaos. Um, but they know that they are loved and they know that I am there for them no matter 
what, like there is no conditions. And I think that that's a really powerful thing to instill at a young age is like, I love you. I would do anything for you. And I'm so grateful like that you are here. And I tell them that all the time. Like, I am so grateful. I'm it's okay. I'm so grateful for you teaching me how to be a mom. You taught me so much about being a mom. Thank you for that. Um, thank you for letting me grow up with you. I love growing up with you. And I tell him that all the time. And I tell him that like when I, when I fuck up and I don't get it right, I apologize and try, try to take ownership because it's such a steep learning curve. No one taught us how to do any of this. And with Chance, like I just tell him like, thank you so much. I'm so glad that you're here. And I love you. And I'm so grateful for you. And like, he doesn't, he doesn't know how much of a miracle he is yet, but I've called him my little miracle baby from, from day one. Um, and it's just been incredible to see how both of these boys have turned out who they're becoming. And it is a gift. It's a gift that we get to be able to grow up with these kids and have something different to offer as time goes on, you know, like we become different women, we become different mothers, we become different in our approaches and our belief systems. And that's like such a gift. That's why like we cannot live in the rigidity of what we think is best, what we want to happen. Like, cool, we can have our preferences, but we also have to learn how to live in our reality. And that's what becoming a mom has been for me is like, you can have your preference, but the beauty happens in like acclimating and loving your reality. How can you make your reality of who your kid is, what your circumstances are? Like, how can we love that and embrace it? And that has been something that I have especially, I learned a lot with Kate and have appreciated and valued so much more with Chance. I've had that perspective and held it very, very close all this time. So that is, I think that's what I want to share today. I feel like Horace Gump, like I'm done running now, <laughs> um, but I am, I'm, I am done walking now. I'm sweating and I'm glad that I got to talk this out and share this perspective hard um, to story tell that, but it is something that I'm grateful to have a platform like this because I know that there's a lot of different people who can relate in one way or a lot of different ways to some of the sentiments I share today. I'm happy to answer questions or provide some clarifications. I know I covered a wide variety of motherhood related uh, topics here and feelings, um, but overall, you know, I'm so grateful that six years ago I had I had trusted myself enough to practice brave and that ended up being one of the best things that could have ever happened to me um and it did it gave me my chance so thank you for listening if you enjoyed this episode I would love it if you could review um review the podcast as a whole that's what helps get information out there to people just like you who maybe needed it more than you thought you did. So thank you for listening. We'll talk soon. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Practice Brave podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review and help us spread the work we are doing to improve the overall information and messaging in the fitness industry and beyond. Now, if you are pregnant and you are looking for a trustworthy exercise program to follow, I have you covered. The Pregnant Athlete Training Program is a well-rounded program for pregnancy with workouts for each week that are appropriate for your changing body. That's 36 weeks of workouts, three to four workouts each week, and tons of guidance on exercise strategy. 
We also have an at-home version of that program. If you are postpartum and you're looking for an exercise program to follow, the eight-week postpartum athlete training program would be a really great way to help bridge the gap between rehab and the fitness you actually want to do. From there, we have the Practice Brave Fitness Program, which is an ongoing strength conditioning program where you get new workouts each week and have a lot of guidance from myself and my co-coach, Heather Osby. This is the only way that I'm really offering ongoing coaching at this point in time. If you have ever considered becoming a certified pregnancy and postpartum athleticism coach, I would love to have you join us. Pregnancy and Postpartum Athleticism is a self-paced online certification course that will up-level your coaching skills and help connect the dots between pelvic health and long-term athletic performance, especially during pregnancy and postpartum. Become who you needed and become who your online and local community needs by becoming a certified pregnancy and postpartum athleticism coach. Thank you again for listening to the Practice Brave podcast. I appreciate you. And please help me continue spreading this messaging, this information, and this work. Mm -hmm.